Hello, I'm Natalie Goldberg, and welcome to Education from an Equal. Today, we will be discussing the need for LGBTQ plus inclusive sex education. Across the nation, queer students are left out of all of the most crucial aspects of sex education, contributing to the social stigma surrounding LGBTQ plus relationships, as well as putting an already at-risk community in even more danger. This danger is posed in two ways, with that of lacking STD education as well as the hazardousness of a lack of inclusivity in a classroom that so desperately needs it. We will be exploring the origin of this issue and delving into some basic tips regarding LGBTQ plus specific STD education, as well as a discussion regarding individual identities and inclusivity for young queer students. STD education is often the most comprehensive aspect of sex education as a whole, even in areas where sex ed often tends to lack. While seemingly positive, this is often actually a result of a die-hard belief in fear tactics. Think PowerPoint slides with giant projections of herpes-laden genitalia and the results of syphilis in order to scare teens away from having sex. In terms of the birth of information, and in most cases, medical accuracy, the STD education seems adequate, even positive from an outside view. However, take it inside the classroom and you'll gain even more insight into where the problem lies. STD education does not provide the proper resources for queer students, and frankly, neither does any other aspect of health education. This problem again stems from the subjectivity of health as a whole. Because there remains no national standard for health education, the curriculum again remains in the hands of the teachers. This can be good if teachers are open to queer identities and education that could support the students who possess them, but this can pose a danger if there's a teacher who is homophobic or feels pressured by the demographics of their school to be. I notice the problems with the subjectivity of the health class experience firsthand. While in Oregon there are luckily no no-promo-homo laws, the experiences that I had detail the importance of a national standardized curriculum that does include LGBTQ plus identities in a positive manner. The combination of a lacking curriculum alongside an unwelcoming environment forced me to come to the realization that non-cisgender or heterosexual identities were not being properly represented. First off, throughout the entire class, heteronormative family structures were praised, with one assignment I had still glaring in my memory. A worksheet, asking you to detail your mother's experience giving birth to you. What about a child of two men, or two women who choose to adopt, or even a single parent, or infertile heterosexual couples? This singular assignment has stuck in my brain for over a year now, and it was so blatantly heteronormative and exclusionary. Additionally, the only real LGBTQ plus education that we received was a paragraph to read, stuck under the heading of, quote, health issues, insinuating that an identity outside of the majority was one to be feared, even fixed. Finally, the issue of subjectivity came into play in my very own classroom, giving me even more reason to believe that a national curriculum was necessary. There were a group of boys in my health class who continuously made homophobic and transphobic remarks throughout the entire period, yet nothing was done to stop them, even when I was sure that my teacher was able to hear what they were saying. The lacking disciplinary action in tandem with the already non-inclusive curriculum created an environment that perpetuated the social stigma surrounding queer identities, rather than doing what it should have been and educating those who were ignorant. However, the biggest problem standing in the way of LGBTQ plus students receiving the most beneficial and comprehensive education is no promo homo laws, as I mentioned earlier. 
These laws prohibit the promotion of homosexuality, basically forcing all discussion regarding LGBTQ plus people to either halt or be negative, both of which harm students who are a part of this community. If discussion is completely closed, students will often feel as though they do not belong within a school environment or that their identity is not valid, often leading to depression, internalized homophobia, and even suicide. Additionally, they won't be receiving any information on safe LGBTQ sex, so they will be at a higher risk for STDs. With negative discussions surrounding queer identities, LGBTQ students will often be at a higher risk for bullying or may internalize these negative feelings if they are not yet out, again causing depression and suicide. They also may be getting false information regarding LGBTQ sex, which could place them at a higher risk for STDs. It is clear that this issue poses a great threat, as students in the states who have these quote, no promo homo laws, according to a GLSEN research brief, are more likely to experience harassment and assault, hear homophobic remarks, and are less likely to experience acceptance from their peers. This issue spans seven states, Alabama, Arizona, Louisiana, Mississippi, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and Texas, meaning that around 10 million students are being taught in their very own classrooms that either their identities are not valid or that they have the right to oppress other people for theirs. This problem clearly portrays itself with the issue of increased bullying and, unsurprisingly, an increased risk of suicide. When viewing the issue of LGBTQ suicide, my heart breaks, not only for those who have been lost, but also because I see an incredibly simple solution to the problem, and it begins in the classroom. Many LGBTQ youth state that their reasoning for feeling so helpless and depressed is that they feel like no one will understand them or accept them for who they truly are. And unfortunately, this issue is what makes them three times more likely to try to kill themselves. Transgender students are also at even more of a risk, being six times more likely to kill themselves than their cisgender heterosexual peers. And this is also quite saddening, as the education regarding transgender identities is lacking as well. These feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, and loneliness that many queer students feel can be alleviated by a discussion of these identities in class, fostering understanding instead of promoting ignorance. We need to take action, because this issue is becoming more than just schoolyard bullies and teachers' heads turned away from homophobic remarks. Students are dying on a massive scale, and there needs to be changes made in the school environment, beginning with health class. While, as I stated earlier, the STD education in most states is relatively good, the reasoning behind the comprehensive approach must change. The fear tactics reminiscent of the caricatured coach car and mean girls that are currently employed in many schools across the nation not only create an unnecessary social stigma surrounding sex, but can also create resentment and distrust within students. If school officials truly want to keep their students safe from these sexually transmitted diseases, they should have open discussions with their students, clearly coming from a place of care. Instead of trying to scare students out of having sex, let's acknowledge the fact of life for many teenagers and provide them with the proper resources to be as safe as possible. However, even with this relatively exhaustive curriculum, queer students are still left in the dust. The two anti-STD resources that are most often left out of health curriculums are the two that apply directly to LGBTQ sexual intercourse, which are anti-HIV medication and dental dams. Similar to condoms, dental dams are thin sheets of plastic. However, rather than a cylindrical tube, the dental dam is a plastic square meant to be stretched over a vagina. 
Oftentimes, many women in relationship with other women believe that they are free from the possibility of contracting an STD simply because they are free from becoming pregnant. However, this is not the case, and it is necessary to use a dental dam in order to protect against this. I have linked some more resources regarding dental dams on the transcripts page of my website. Next is the issue of anti-HIV medication. This is something that is truly life-saving, and it is left out of the majority of health curriculums. More colloquially known as PEP and PREP, these medications have been created to prevent against contracting AIDS. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylactic, and PEP stands for post-exposure prophylactic. PREP is taken every day by someone who does not have HIV and is in a regular situation where they are exposed to the virus, whether through their sexual preferences or their use of certain injectable drugs, and it decreases the risk of contracting the virus. PEP is taken after an emergency situation where someone may have been exposed to HIV, and similarly to Plan B, the faster it is taken post-emergency, the better it works, and it can prevent exposure to the virus. However, where it differs from Plan B is that it must be taken consecutively for 28 days after it is started in order to decrease the possibility of contracting the virus. In addition to bringing about safety for the community as a whole, the inclusion and normalization of LGBTQ relationships and preventative measures that students can take can also contribute to a feeling of inclusion and acceptance among peers, or begin those feelings in a space where there wasn't there before, creating a safer space in the school environment overall. Aside from the gaping hole left by not including these two aspects of STD protection, there are other places in a health curriculum that could stand to discuss queer identities. First, LGBTQ identities should be brought up under the heading of bullying, as it is something that often is targeted by other students. A simple explanation of the different identities within the LGBTQ heading, as well as a discussion of the hardships queer people may face in the legal arena, and the fact that it is most certainly not a choice, will suffice. Simply educating students about these issues from a young age will aid in combating ignorance. Engaging students in a discussion about what it means to be transgender, or how to react when a friend comes out, or the provision of resources for what to do if a student thinks that they might be LGBTQ+, will not only show students that their identities are represented, but also that they are respected. However, one issue I see arising with this is that only two states, California and Louisiana, prohibit the promotion of religion in class. To me, this is ridiculous, as it directly goes against the Constitution's clearly designated separation of church and state. Why are we still allowing public schools to embed religion into the curriculum that is supposed to be factual and objective? This is one of the issues that strikes me as the most important to change, and overall represents the dire need for a nationally regulated, standardized curriculum. Additionally, in a discussion of toxic relationships, LGBTQ identities can often be left out, yet these students may experience toxic relationships that are different from those between heterosexual students. I'm not going to go into major detail with this, as my next episode, premiering on April 5th, is going to be very in-depth with toxic relationships, including queer relationships. As a preview, though, one of the main examples of a queer-specific toxic relationship trait is the threat of outing someone something that non-LGBTQ people do not have to deal with. Overall, with the major sex ed unit regarding STDs, most states have the information down. However, the antiquated fear tactics that are currently in use in many places need to change. Whether you show them pictures of herpes-laden genitalia or not, teens are going to experiment with sex, and it is the job of the education system to ensure that they are as safe and protected as possible. 
equipped with all of the necessary information. However, the burden of the education system is not just on educating its cisgender heterosexual students. LGBTQ plus students deserve just as comprehensive and inclusive of an education. So today, we discuss the crucial addition of dental dams, as well as PREP and PEP, into the STD curriculums nationwide, as well as the benefit that stands to arise from an inclusion of LGBTQ plus identities and other information in the health unit regarding bullying. Simply making the classroom a warm and welcoming environment for students of all identities can drastically affect the current social stigma surrounding queer students, and it is crucial that we work towards national, standardized curriculum that benefits all students, no matter how they identify. Thank you so much for tuning in to the third episode of Education from an Equal. The next episode will be released on Sunday, April 5th, and if you want a preview of what we will be discussing, be sure to check out my website www.educationfromanequal.com. See you then on Education from an Equal.